Welcome to the teaching section of this service. It's great to have you with us. It's a great honor for you to allow us into your private space in order to minister God's word unto you. First of all, we'll say a word of prayer and then we'll get into the scriptures. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for every single person listening under the sound of my voice. I first of all pray for every single one that wherever within their lives they need your direct intervention. I ask that by your grace and your mercy, you will release angels to go into their own spaces and to begin to rearrange things according to the prayers that they have offered up unto you. That there will be a direct action of the Holy Spirit in that particular situation. And I ask that this time they will spend, this 40 minutes, listening to your word, that it will be a direct contribution of your spirit ministering directly into those areas within their lives to bring about the change that they desire and they have offered up unto you in prayer. Therefore, I ask that you grant me utterance, that I speak as your oracle, that your word goes forth unhindered, in accuracy and in power, a light shines forth into the lives of these people in jesus name amen amen welcome this morning once again and uh, let's get straight into the scriptures we are speaking about the judicial system of god on the earth uh, that god is indeed a god of justice he wants us to be conscious about that attribute that is called justice that we should practice that within our lives he looks for that from us. He blesses us to give us the tools and the enablement, the resources, to be able to exercise and judgment and to practice his justice upon the earth. Uh, to relieve those who are in need. Uh, to seek justice for the oppressed. Uh, to, to release power in order to change the shape of things in the lives of people upon this earth. And we looked at it and said in Genesis there, uh, chapter 18, that God said concerning Abraham, I can't hide this thing I want to do, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah with his relative in that place, seeing that Abraham is going to become a great and mighty nation. He said, for I know him, that he will instruct his children and his household in the way of the Lord. And what was that way? To keep justice and judgment. That was the way of the Lord that I may be able to bring upon him every single thing that I've said concerning him. Yes, the greatness of Abraham was rooted in the fact that God had made a pronouncement over Abraham, as he has made pronouncements over our lives. But Abraham con created the conditions on this earth through which what God intended to happen in his life could come to pass. So also we can say that we've offered our prayers unto God. We've believed God for things. And God says, the condition through which my spirit will be able to move and my angels unhindered within your life is that same condition that is called justice and judgment. And so God encourages and instructs us to live out these principles here of justice and judgment. He says these are the weightier matters of the law. These are the things that are really heavy and make solid impressions upon heaven and these are the ways in which we are going to be judged now not only that in practicing this that we also understand him and this is what i want to focus on 
today that we understand God to be a God of judgment, that there are three arms of government, we say, in our democratic experience. We talk about the legislative arm, we talk about the judicial arm or judiciary, and then we talk about the executive arm of government. The legislative arm, all this came out of scriptures, for God is the judge, that's judiciary, the lawgiver, that's legislative, and the king, it says in scripture. Now, we have sat with the word of God and read the word of God, and many of us study the scriptures. Many of us believe that God shall come in as a king, the king of kings and lords of lords, to come and do things within our lives and execute his word. But somewhere we are neglecting the area of God as a judge. And we're going to see that God cannot do anything on this earth that is unjust. It tells us that his throne is established upon justice and judgment. It's built upon it. Which means that if you can find God one day or catch him in an unjust act where what he did wasn't done in equity, was, was an unjust thing, it says that then his throne, you can take that throne away from him, that he will never be found involved in something or ignore the cry of a person for justice. This is what his throne is founded upon. And so in our dealings with ourselves, we need to be conscious of this. And this is really what the fear of the Lord is about. That we are conscious of this. And once we're conscious of this, we stay on that side of God through which the blessings of God flow ceaselessly into our lives. And the area where this case judgment works in, is in resolving things between ourselves. This is what I want us to this is what I want to look at today. Resolving things as we interact with one another. It is impossible, the Bible says, that offenses will not come. It's impossible that you will not be cheated by or be, people will seek to cheat you on this earth. It's, it's impossible that you not be people will seek to cheat you where you will experience betrayals and all these things. And we've got to understand that God is a God of judgment and to know how to take these issues up to him in prayer in order for him to adjudicate over those things. And by that, some of the greatest blessings in our lives will come into our lives. Now, because we don't understand this aspect of God clearly and hasn't been taught clearly, in fact, the modern teaching I've said this on, on issues of righteousness and grace, sometimes we go overboard and give a skewed interpretation of the scriptures, giving people, because we want to say, which is correct, that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ and a believer can never be condemned because of the work of the blood of Jesus Christ, which is true. But then there's something in the scriptures called that our hearts condemn us when we do wrong things. That's not condemnation, bringing under the condemnation there that we, people are trying to say that the blood of Jesus Christ has taken that condemnation away. That heart condemning you is the voice of your conscience. It's a very healthy spiritual thing. And we've got to respond to that by judging ourselves when our hearts condemn us in a certain action or else there'll be no boundaries. 
And what has happened in a large extent is that because people say there is no condemnation, it almost says it gives them the liberty to do anything they want to do and to get away with it. Because Jesus Christ has died for their sins, he was wounded for their transgression, but that is not the way the thing works. The, the, if your heart condemns you, then you go in there and judge yourself. We'll see that in scripture, so that you don't come under the judgment of God. Now, if you don't do that, then God comes to judge you. And this is different from the condemnation that we speak about. God can judge a person without condemning the person. The judgment of God upon a person's life is what is called chastisement, which is with the intention of correcting that person and removing from the life of that person that character trait that God knows will end up in condemnation if it is not removed. And we'll see this. It's like a father training a child and a parent training a child and decides that there's a character trait inside this child that is self-destructive and this child will never become what they're supposed to be in life with this character trait on the inside of them. So the father says, it is my business there to remove this and so brings the child under what is called discipline. That's what is called judgment in the scripture. In order for that thing to be removed, so that once that thing is removed out of life, the person is free of that. Now, if a person resists that, that's when they come under what is called condemnation. And we'll see this in scripture. So God is a judge and he wants to resolve issues within our lives. As we bring those things up to him in prayer and asking him to judge on those things in order for controversies to be settled and issues should be brought to a place of permanent rest as peace is established through the judgment of God. When, Moses, when Abraham separated from Lot, God came in as a judge and told Abraham, I will settle it. You've given Lot the choices as far as it's concerned. Lift up your eyes as far as your own eyes can see. That will I give unto you. In the process of time, it became clear that Lot made a wrong decision and actually it was Abraham that made the right decision in that particular situation. So I want to look at this today. And first of all, I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 23 here. It says here in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 23, it tells us this. It says, or, or we can start reading from verse 18. Now, a lot of things that God does in order to bless us will be in the context of our human relationships, the way and manner in which we handle those things. So it says, servants, be subject to your own masters with all fear. 1 Peter 2, 18. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Now, this, this forward there could mean somebody who, who is badly behaved. So he says, be, be subject to your servants with all fear. That fear is towards God, not towards man. Reverence there, not, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience towards God, that's conscience towards God, endure grief, suffering wrongly. Now God says, I will judge on this issue. For what glory is it if when you are buffeted for your fault, you take it patiently? So he says, look, 
there is no glory really if you if you've done wrong things and you are corrected or buffeted for your fault and you take it patiently there is no glory real glory in that you are supposed to do that in other words if you are in a place and you are being corrected for faults that you have it's the right thing for them to do but if when you do well you suffer for it now this goes on a lot on the earth and there are a lot of angry people who have done well and in spite of the good that they have done they have not been paid they have not been rewarded by people they've been treated wrongly and badly by people it says if you take it patiently now explain what it means today patiently this it says it's acceptable unto god comes as an offering unto god for hereunto were ye called so you were called to this which means you are called you are in the kingdom for such a time as this moments where you have done good and you have done well you've been honest in your dealings yet people all right are treating you wrongly and you are being cheated it says christ also suffered for us leaving an example that we should follow his steps so it says here are the steps that you should follow who did no sin didn't do anything wrong neither was guile found in his mouth he wasn't deceiving or being deceptive in his speech who when he was reviled reviled not again so people started saying things that they said all kinds of things started but he didn't retaliate when he suffered he threatened not that he didn't threaten the people i'm going to deal with you people i know that he didn't do that but committed himself that's an action now to him that judgeth righteously in other words jesus understood that this thing is not just going to end with my nice behavior or my non-threatening behavior it is leading to something a, 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 the issue is there is a court in heaven that if people bring their matter to that court in heaven judgment will be given unto them on the earth i want people to understand this judgment will be given to them on the earth because they have presented their case to god in heaven and the way in which people who do that behave is that they don't get into any altercations with people on the earth concerning it they don't get into threats and all of that they quietly take the matter up so jesus was treated that way he was crucified if you go on he says who by no self bear his our sins on his body or right, we being then shall live unto righteousness and he talks about by whose stripes were healed so he was hung on the tree he took our sins on his body he was called all kinds of things there so the point here is he committed himself to god that judged righteously and the resurrection of jesus from the dead was a judicial action which means god looked at it and said this person has done absolutely nothing here he is innocent there's no sin there's no guile he has been maligned he has been crucified all kinds of things have happened jesus said i'm not going to abort what god wants to do about this situation i'm not going to destroy it that's why he says sheath your sword vengeance is mine you will say this i will repay he's saying that i'm going to pay you back now that repay we're going to see this doesn't mean i will go and pay those folks and injure them that's not what god is saying he's saying that that you have lived right and people have treated you wrong 
I am indebted to you. Jesus is saying, God is saying here, I am indebted to you. That I am indebted, which means I will pay you back for that particular thing. Look, this is what he says here in Colossians here. This is why we need to, I'm going to show something, we need to understand this. And this is what people are not getting. Look, in Colossians here and chapter, Colossians chapter 3, it says this. Servants obey in all things masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord. So he's saying to servants again, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about receiving the reward of the inheritance while you are walking inside let's say in an office in a place you're working and interacting with people or you own a business he says an inheritance is going to come your inheritance is going to come to you if you and that's going to be the reward it's not going to be your salary it's not going to be you know what you are being paid he says i am going to bless you because you are serving me if you do it in this particular way which means you obey in all things your masters, not with eye service, which means behind their back you are doing the right things. You are not running your mouth against them. You are not cheating them. You are not stealing. It says you are doing the right things, not as men pleasers. You are not trying to please them so that you can get rewards from them. You understand that I am here working maybe inside this place and my job description is I am a banking officer but right here is the field of Jesus and I am working for Jesus in this very thing that I'm doing and I am going to be rewarded with an inheritance. That inheritance might be that in the course of your duty in that place you meet with somebody who says I like you very much. You know we're starting this conversation we want you to come and head we're giving you shares and you become somebody within a space of two years of working there you're a massive shareholder in a massive corporation that goes global and all of that and you came out of that place the inheritance was the relationship that was formed in that place that is how god paid you back not the salary that you are earning this is what he said he says but in singleness of heart fearing god no and whatsoever you do it heartily to the lord not unto men knowing that of the lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the lord jesus now he says but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he had done for there is no respect of persons with god so if you go there he says listen to me there is going to be judgment god is not going to let you continue there will be judgment there it's scriptural so you want to stay on that side of receiving that eternal inheritance look at psalm here that's what we're saying. Let's look again at Psalm. Look at Psalm 123. It says, Unto thee lift I my eyes, O that dwelleth in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hands of their masters, and the eyes of a maiden to the hand of a mistress, which means a uh, uh, maiden there is looking to the hand of the mistress. So if she feels that her reward is going to come from the hand of her mistress, then she'll do things in front of the mistress to try to win the favor of the mistress so that the mistress can give her more. And the servant will do things in front of the master so he can, because he feels that his future is in the hands of that master. God says, you are walking in that place. Behave right. Do right. Do everything right. But I'm the one going to reward you. He says here, as the eyes of the maiden are upon the hand of their mistress, 
distress. So our eyes wait upon thee, O Lord, until you have mercy upon us. In other words, our eyes are on you. We are being faithful here in the things that concern another man, whether we're business owners in our transactions with them. We are faithful and doing things right. We are not, all right, uh, trying to um, get a fast one on them, exploiting their weaknesses or their ignorance. We are be doing things with integrity, knowing that we're going to be rewarded for this by Jesus with his mercy. Now, what does that mean? When mercy comes, the scripture gets fulfilled. Something happens in your life that everybody says, listen, we have seen that is not of him that runneth, or of him that willeth, or is of God that showeth mercy. That this race is not for the swift. This battle, for what I've seen in this person's life, is not for the strong, but by time and chance, which means time and chance means an opportunity that time presented. So, in the course of time, that person just gets an opportunity and there's a quantum leap that occurs in the life of that person. And then you say, what happened? It is God that has come in, like in the case of Joseph, to reward him for his faithfulness, diligence, and doing things with a singleness of heart. So, we're not looking, it's not a system where we're looking to men to reward us. We're looking up to God to reward us and God is a judge. Now, here is what he said. It says there that when you start seeing these signs of injustice, know that I am very close. It says here, you are called to this moment. Who did no sin? When was river revealed not again? When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. So Jesus committed himself, and God looked from heaven and said, this man has been innocent of anything. Everything. He hasn't done anything. He has, in his innocence, treated everybody, and they've taken him to the cross. Now I'm going to make a decision after three days over the life of this person, and that decision is to exalt him as his reward into a position that's completely inaccessible to all of these folks. That's what it means the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. People look at you and say in their heart, maybe what we did was really wrong. That God himself steps in and he does that. Now, if you go to the other side, then judgment comes. Now, somebody can say to me that, well, pastor, you know, I have as a Christian, I have stolen in an office, okay? I have cheated my boss. I have been exploited people in business. I have, what do I do to do that? Now, I'll explain to you what you do to have that, to, to cushion the effect of judgment. What you do is you judge yourself. That's your heart condemns you. Now, you want to get out of it, you judge yourself. You go to God there and you confess that sin unto him in repentance and say, Lord, I have done this. And not only confess that sin, you also confess the cleansing power. All right? You speak the word of God to cleanse you of that. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.
Look at Psalm 123. It says, Unto thee lift I my eyes, O that dwelleth in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hands of their masters, and the eyes of a maiden to the hand of a mistress, which means a maiden there is looking to the hand of the mistress. So if she feels that her reward is going to come from the hand of her mistress, then she'll do things in front of the mistress to try to win the favor of the mistress so that the mistress can give her more. And the servant will do things in front of the master so he can, because he feels that his future is in the hands of that master. God says, you are walking in that place. Behave right. Do right. Do everything right. But I'm the one going to reward you. He says here, as the eyes of the maiden are upon the hand of their mistress, so our eyes wait upon thee, O Lord, until you have mercy upon us. In other words, our eyes are on you. We are being faithful here in the things that concern another man, whether we are business owners in our transactions with them. We are faithful and doing things right. We are not, all right, uh, trying to um, get a fast one on them, exploiting their weaknesses or their ignorance. We are be doing things with integrity, knowing that we are going to be rewarded for this by Jesus with his mercy. Now, what does that mean? When mercy comes, the scripture gets fulfilled. Something happens in your life that everybody says, listen, we have seen. That is not of him that runneth, or of him that willeth, or is of God that showeth mercy. That this race is not for the swift. This battle, for what I've seen in this person's life, is not for the strong, but by time and chance. Which means, time and chance means an opportunity that time presented. So, in the course of time, that person just gets an opportunity, and there's a quantum leap that occurs in the life of that person. And then you say, what happened? It is God that has come in, like in the case of Joseph, to reward him for his faithfulness, diligence, and doing things with a singleness of heart. So we're not looking, it's not a system where we're looking to men to reward us. We're looking up to God to reward us, and God is a judge. Now, here is what he said. He says there that when you start seeing these signs, of injustice know that I am very close it says here you are called to this moment who did no sin when was river reviled not again when he suffered he threatened not but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously so Jesus committed himself and God looked from heaven and said this man has been innocent of anything everything he hasn't done anything he has in his innocence treated everybody and they've taken him to the cross now i'm going to make a decision after three days over the life of this person and that decision is to exalt him as his reward into a position that's completely inaccessible to all of these folks that's what it means the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone people look at you and say in their heart maybe what we did was really wrong that God himself steps in and he does that. Now, if you go to the other side, then judgment comes. Now, somebody can say to me that, well, pastor, you know, I have as a Christian, I have stolen in an office, okay? I have cheated my boss. I have been exploited people in business. I have, what do I do to do that? Now, I'll explain to you what you do to have that, to, to cushion the effect of judgment. What you do is you judge yourself. That your heart condemns you. Now, you want to get out of it, you judge yourself. You go to God there and you confess that sin unto him in repentance. And say, Lord, I have done this. And not only confess that sin, you also confess the cleansing power. All right? So, you, I don't get into that. You speak the word of God to cleanse you of that. 
then you make up your mind from that moment forward that you are going to live your life in justice, the way and manner in which you treat people. And number two, by showing mercy to people that I need. All tendencies for oppression you remove. Everything. Uh, show this here. So what begins to happen is that you start creating on this earth. Now, it's a spiritual principle. So much goodwill from people that as Job said, he that was ready to perish, the blessing of him that was ready to perish came upon me. Which means you save people that are even ready to perish. Somebody who was at the brinks of his life, you stepped into the life of that person, you helped them out, either financially or with something, you stepped in and that person from their heart said, God bless this person. God will bless you. So people start making pronouncements out of their lips. Now, those kinds of pronouncements of their lips there, this is spiritual secret, will create a force within your life that will stay the hand of judgment. You can write what I'm saying now. And you perpetually live your life like that. That is what Nebuchadnezzar went to meet Daniel and said, Daniel said, a cry has come. Look, Nebuchadnezzar, you have been oppressive. You have treated people wrong. He said, I saw a massive tree cut down to its roots. Nebuchadnezzar said, so, so, so what can I do? He said, cut down to its roots. So what then do we do here? Nebuchadnezzar said, well, there's something you can do. If you show mercy and to the poor, and you deal with righteousness, you will lengthen the days of your tranquility on this earth. Let, let me explain something here. You know, the children of, of Israel, okay, there, there's this folk, folk tale they tell in the Jewish people. And, you know, it's just a folk tale about generosity. And they teach their children within the families about generosity and then they use certain scriptures. Now, God had told Abraham that he was going to spend, that his seed would spend 400 years in Egypt and then they will come out with great substance. But if you count the amount of years, they spent 430 years. So they ask always, why, what was the contradiction? Did God miss something? Why did they spend 30 years longer? Many ways you could look at it. Moses was supposed to do it. Um, you could look at it. But the point that they say, and I agree with this, not with the story, but with the spiritual principle, they say that when what happened was when after some 400 years, Moses went to start a story, went to meet God and said, God, what's going on? How come the judgment is not coming? You said 400 years. God told Moses, said, listen, he said, can you see what Pharaoh is doing? Daily, the amount of things he does to feed my people, to take care of them, is so much. The cows he kills, the fowls he kills, just to feed my people, he's treating them so right that there is no point of entry for us to execute judgment upon him. That the prayers of my people are being answered. I answer them through the hands of Pharaoh. If we remove Pharaoh, they, 
it will look like I'm unfaithful because Pharaoh is the one that is acting as a covering over them. So Moses said, so what then can we do? And folk tell here. God said, if you can provoke Pharaoh such that he withdraws his generosity over my people, then you have created an opening and judgment can come. Now, that's the story. But if you go and read the scripture, what actually happened was that the children of Israel cried unto God by reason of the bondage. They cried unto him in Exodus chapter Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23. Let's just read this here. Exodus 2 and verse 23. It says, It came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died, and children of Israel sighed by reason of bondage, and they cried, and thy cry came up unto God by reason of bondage. And God heard their groanings and remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he looked upon the Israel and had respect. So it was the cries of the people, their groanings. That's, that's God couldn't move until people cried and said, We are under bondage we are being oppressed here you know and all of this so god you have got to do something about this and god steps in because god acts as a judge now but the point here was what actually happened and what brought about that cry was that the bible says in you know joseph had brought his brothers in and given them choice land and then it says and Joseph died, his brethren, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there rose up a king over Egypt that knew not Joseph. So he decided to change it and to become oppressive about the children of Israel. It was that oppression that provoked them to go and pray. Now, had it been that there was no oppression, there would have been no prayer, and God would just have been waiting. So, a person that removes himself from oppression, helps those are in need, acts as a good Samaritan, crosses the road, goes the extra mile to help other people, does things out of their way, speaks well. That person that does that, listen, even when they make mistakes, the goodwill they have created on the earth forms a cushion over their life and God says it is unjust to bring that man down based on the amount of good he is doing. Period. Alright? So, what happens here to that individual? Somebody has treated you in an unjust way. Now, I've given you some clue as to how to stay under a place where the Bible says mercy will rejoice over judgment. Stay in that place of mercy so that even when you make mistakes, the, the judgment there over you that shall come is stayed because he that is willing to perish is pronouncing things over your life. Somebody that would have died. There are poor women there that are praying for you, that are thanking God and worshipping God. Because, do you get what I said? So how then do you deal with this issue of justice? Now, God is a judge. First Thessalonians here. And chapter 4, verse 5. It says, verse 6, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such 
as we have also forewarned you and testified. So God is an avenger of it. James chapter 5 and verse 4. Behold, the hires of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them that reaped have entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. We said that God, you should not defraud in any matter. God is an avenger of such. And then it says here, the hires of the laborers that have reaped down your fields, you have kept by fraud, crieth. And that's the kind of cry that comes up. That's what happened in Egypt. And God, the Lord of Sabbath, comes in and says, what am I going to do about this? All right. So we'll look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. It says, recompense, verse 17, to no man evil for evil. Now we've seen in 1 Peter 3, they talked about the fact no reverence. Evil for evil. Provide things that are honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as it lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. In other words, he says, don't recompense any man evil for evil. Issues of judgment, somebody treated you wrong, they did things. He said, do not recompense anybody evil for evil. I've said many things in this message. Don't recompense evil for evil. Well, they did me evil. He said, take your hands out. Don't try to pay them back. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as it lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, say the Lord. Therefore, if there are an enemy, be hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him to drink. In so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, this is very, very, very important. So, what's God saying to us? He says, do not recompense any man evil for evil. Provide things that are honest in the sight of all men. Live peaceably with all men. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Now, so the thought comes to you that when he says vengeance is mine, I will repay. Now, you think to yourself, so God is going to help me punish those people. But that element can be there but that is not really what he's saying because we have no record of god punishing first the brothers of joseph as in going to punish to make them die you see because when we do that we miss the point and get into hatred that's why he says if your enemy be hungry feed him which means if you have an opportunity to help him help him have goodwill in your heart towards them Forgive them and have goodwill in your heart towards them. Don't judge them. Have goodwill. Enter into a place of peace concerning them. I'm not saying you have to enter into a relationship or enter into a place of peace concerning it. And have goodwill and not hatred in your heart towards them. But he says, vengeance is mine. I'm going to come in and I'm going to repay. So let us take it that somebody labored inside the place for 10 years gave his talent everything and then he was lied upon and removed from that particular place and he begins to hear stories 
People even go on social media and post things. And God says, listen, you can't put something out as to say, well, this is my own side of the story. You don't insult them. Putting your own something out is not wrong. Um, um, saying that, look, what happened in this situation was this. You are not saying to the people that you are not going into hatred that, you know, these idiots, these mad people, let me tell you what they do in that company. Half of what they get, they get it by giving kickbacks and you start, go, that's what it means, reveling to revelance there. That's what it means to start throwing stones. You start all trying to open their nakedness and use the information you have to try to destroy them. That's what he's saying you should not do. He's not saying you should admit to the wrong. He's not saying that you should be quiet. It do not necessarily you can you can put out and say this is exactly what happened under this situation here. I leave the issue to God to judge. But you are not destroying, you're not doing anything. So let's assume you went out in a social gathering and you saw the people, you went there, greeted them with respect the way you did. All right, there was an opportunity to help the people there. Let's assume that maybe um, 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 there was some crisis. And uh, let's say in a school and people are taking off their children. Let's say your child attends the same school as the boss who did all those things to you. And, and everybody was rushing out and you went to pick your child and you saw his only child there. The child was crying and you called the boss and said, listen, your child is only here crying. He says, I'm stuck up in a hold up. It's two hours. I said, okay, I can pick him up. He knows me. All right. I'll pick him up. I'll call you. You'll talk to him. Tell this and I'll take them. Take them here and bring it. And you did good. And bring it. There is nothing. You did good. All right, but you take the matter up to God. Now God says, I will, I want to judge this thing. So you take the matter up to God and say, God, you must recompense me. Because you've said in it's not that like you must destroy them. No, you must recompense me. The justice is you told me to behave this way. You are going to pay me back and reward me for doing what you said. For God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That is the prayer. It is free of hate. So you go up to God in prayer and say, God, I put in what I was supposed to put in. See how I have been treated. This is not an eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. That's Old Testament. This God, you will come and recompense me and pay me back. Before there was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, Isaac, they took his father's well. God didn't go and destroy those folks. God promoted Isaac to a place where they came to meet him and said, God, listen, you are, there was no law. He says, you are mightier than us. God is on the inside of you. God says, I will recompense you and I will promote you to a point where the boss of that place will have to one day come to meet you and say to you, listen, we know we need to do business. And he looks at you and says, you have a God. You serve a living God. That I was lied to. I didn't know this was what happened. I'm sorry about it. I said, look, don't worry about it. God says, I will step in. Now, but when you take it into your hands and start going, reveling for reveling, accusations, you have destroyed the judicial process of God. That's a precious moment. That's what Paul, Peter was saying. He said, for this cause, you are called for this particular reason. It says, this is what you are called. This is the moment of truth. When I come to resolve issues. That's what that widow was doing. When she cried unto God and said, avenge me of my adversary. Avenge me of my adversary. I have an oppressor. Avenge me of that adversary here. 
and and he came in and said listen if i hear the cry of my own people if an unjust judge could do that and my father will act speedily he says but will i find faith will i find the people that are walking by faith obeying those steps that i said that they won't be going into reverend for reverend attack for attack shooting things against it but present the matter and bring it to me particularly if this deals with christians within a place we need to understand how god goes up and resolves issues and let me tell you when he settles it nobody has to have any discussion you know that joseph was telling the truth and Potiphar's wife was telling a lie by the time he finishes. And this is the exaltation of God. Many times, through the hand of a stranger that might not even be aware of what happened, so he's not biased, that person just steps in and a massive door is open to you. And God has this how resurrection power will come into your life by judicial action. So folks, Live an honest life with a singleness of heart. You are setting the stage to get rewarded. Let your dealings there. Because if you go to the other side, you expose yourself to judgment. When you are judged, you are chastised of God. Then you get corrected. So live here where your dealings are in integrity, in honesty. And when the moment comes where there are controversies that come, it's not about my enemy should die. If you put in work here and, and you don't get promoted, it's not those bosses that did that, I'm going to bring the fire of God and you're going to be destroyed. That's not what the Bible is saying. He's saying that, listen, they didn't reward you putting, you are there, you put in. One day some company works and you apply for a job and they pick you phone to that and they give you such a portfolio in that place that you are above your boss, all right, in that industry, 16, 10 steps above him or her, that in future one day they will have to look and they have to call you and say to you, you know you serve a living God. But by trying to attack and destroy that person, you destroy the judicial system of God and get into witchcraft. That's witchcraft. For Jesus said, it's not an eye for an eye, neither a tooth for a tooth. Release it. And if you are the one who has been misbehaving, treating people wrongly, hurting and injuring people, go and confess unto God and change your ways and go down there and begin to help people and let the goodwill of people and their pronouncements bring grace and mercy to your life to lift you up again. That's the way to do it. God to stop here because of time. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. I ask in the name of Jesus that you grant them grace in this area. That if anybody here has been cheated, has been betrayed, has been treated wrongly by people in whom they did not have any ill will towards. And no guile was in their mouth towards them. I ask as they remove your hand, their hands out of the situation in obedience to your word today, this morning, that by your judicial action, you will settle that controversy with resurrection power, lifting them up into a place that all those who participated in it will recognize that God has prepared a table for him or her in the presence of their enemies. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. 
God bless you. And first of all, I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 23 here. It says here in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 23, it tells us this. It says, or, or we can start reading from verse 18. Now, a lot of things that God does in order to bless us will be in the context of our human relationships, the way and manner in which we handle those things. So it says, servants, be subject to your own masters with all fear. 1 Peter 2, 18. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Now, this, this forward there could mean somebody who, who is badly behaved. So, he says, be, be subject to your servants with all fear. That fear is towards God, not towards man. Reverence there, not, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience towards God, that's conscience towards God, endure grief, suffering wrongly. Now, God says, I will judge on this issue. For what glory is it if when you are buffeted for your fault, you take it patiently? So, he says, look, there is no glory really if, you, if you've done wrong things and you are corrected or buffeted for your fault and you take it patiently. There is no glory, real glory in that. You are supposed to do that. In other words, if you are in a place and you are being corrected for faults that you have, it's the right thing for them to do. But if when you do well, you suffer for it. Now, this goes on a lot on the earth. And there are a lot of angry people who have done well. And in spite of the good that they have done, they have not been paid, they have not been rewarded by people. They've been treated wrongly and badly by people. It says, if you take it patiently. Now, explain what it means to do it patiently. This, it says, it's acceptable unto God. Comes as an offering unto God. For hereunto were ye called. So, you were called to this. Which means, you are called. You are in the kingdom for such a time as this. Moments where you have done good and you have done well. You've been honest in your dealings. Yet, people... All right, are treating you wrongly and you are being cheated. It says, Christ also suffered for us, leaving an example that we should follow his steps. So it says, here are the steps that you should follow. Who did no sin? Didn't do anything wrong. Neither was guile found in his mouth. He wasn't deceiving or being deceptive in his speech. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. So, People started saying things that they started all kinds of things started, but he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he threatened not. That he didn't threaten the people, I'm going to deal with you people. I know that he didn't do that. But committed himself, that's an action now, to him that judgeth righteously. In other words, Jesus understood 
that this thing is not just going to end with my nice behavior or my non-threatening behavior. It is leading to something. The issue is there is a court in heaven that if people bring their matter to that court in heaven, judgment will be given unto them on the earth. I want people to understand this. Judgment will be given to them on the earth because they have presented their case to God in heaven. And the way in which people who do that behave is that they don't get into any altercations with people on the earth concerning it. They don't get into threats and all of that. They quietly take the matter up. So, Jesus was treated that way. He was crucified. If you go on, he says, Who by no self bear his uh, sins on his body, or I will be then shall live unto righteousness. And he talks about by whose stripes were healed. So, he was hung on the tree. He took our sins on his body. He was called all kinds of things there. So, the point here is he committed himself to God that judged righteously. And the resurrection of Jesus from the dead was a judicial action which means god looked at it and said this person has done absolutely nothing here he is innocent there's no sin there's no guile he has been maligned he has been crucified all kinds of things have happened jesus said i'm not going to abort what god wants to do about this situation i'm not going to destroy it that's why he says sheath your sword vengeance is mine you will say this, I will repay. He's saying that I'm going to pay you back. Now, that repay, we're going to see this, doesn't mean I will go and pay those folks and injure them. That's not what God is saying. He's saying that, that you have lived right and people have treated you wrong. I am indebted to you. Jesus is saying, God is saying here, I am indebted to you. That I am indebted, which means I will pay you back for that particular thing. Look, this is what it says here in Colossians here. This is why we need to, I'm going to show something, we need to understand this. And this is what people are not getting. Look, in Colossians here and chapter, Colossians chapter 3, it says this. Servants obey in all things masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord. So he's saying to servants again, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about receiving the reward of the inheritance while you are walking inside, let's say, in an office, in a place, you're walking and interacting with people, or you own a business. He says an inheritance is going to come. Your inheritance is going to come to you. If you, and that's going to be the reward, it's not going to be your salary. It's not going to be, you know, what you are being paid. It says, I am going to bless you because you are serving me if you do it in this particular way. Which means you obey in all things your masters, not with eye service. Which means behind their back, you are doing the right things. You are not running your mouth against them. You are not cheating them. You are not stealing. It says you are doing the right things. 
not as men pleasers you're not trying to please them so that you can get rewards from them you understand that i am here working maybe inside this place and my job description is i am a banking officer but right here is the field of jesus and i am working for jesus in this very thing that i'm doing and i am going to be rewarded with an inheritance that inheritance might be that in the course of your duty in that place you meet with somebody who says i like you very much you know we're starting this company we want you to come ahead we're giving you shares and you become somebody within a space of two years of working there you're a massive shareholder in a massive corporation that goes global and all of that and you came out of that place the inheritance was the relationship that was formed in that place that is how god paid you back not the salary that you are earning this is what he said he says but in singleness of heart fearing god no and whatsoever you do it heartily to the lord not unto men knowing that of the lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the lord jesus now he says but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he had done for there is no respect of persons with god so if you go there he says listen to me there's going to be judgment god is not going to let you continue there will be judgment there it's scriptural so you want to stay on that side of receiving that eternal inheritance look at psalm here that's what we're saying. Let's look again at Psalm. Look at Psalm 123. It says, Unto thee lift I my eyes, O that dwelleth in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hands of their masters, and the eyes of a maiden to the hand of a mistress, which means a uh, uh, maiden there is looking to the hand of the mistress. So if she feels that her reward is going to come from the hand of her mistress, then she'll do things in front of the mistress to try to win the favor of the mistress so that the mistress can give her more. And the servant will do things in front of the master so he can, because he feels that his future is in the hands of that master. God says, you are walking in that place. Behave right. Do right. Do everything right. But I'm the one going to reward you. It says here, as the eyes of the maiden are upon the hand of their mistress, so our eyes wait upon thee, O Lord, until you have mercy upon us. In other words, our eyes are on you. We are being faithful here in the things that concern another man, whether we are business owners in our transactions with them. We are faithful and doing things right. We are not, all right, uh, trying to um, get a fast one on them, exploiting their weaknesses or their ignorance. We are be doing things with integrity, knowing that we are going to be rewarded for this by Jesus with his mercy. Now, what does that mean when mercy comes the scripture gets fulfilled something happens in your life that everybody says listen we have seen that is not of him that runneth or of him that willeth was of god that showeth mercy that this race is not for the swift this battle for what i've seen in this person's life is not for the strong but by time and chance which means time and chance means an opportunity that time presented so in the course of time that person just gets an opportunity and there's a quantum leap that occurs in the life of that person and then you say what happened it is god that has come in like in the case of joseph to reward him for his faithfulness diligence and doing things with a singleness of heart so we're not looking it's not a system where we're looking to men to reward us we're looking up to god to reward us and god is a judge now here is what he said it says there that when you start seeing these signs of injustice, know that I am very close. It says here, you are called to this moment. Who did no sin? When was river revealed not again? 
When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. So Jesus committed himself, and God looked from heaven and said, this man has been innocent of anything. Everything. He hasn't done anything. He has, in his innocence, treated everybody, and they've taken him to the cross. Now, I'm going to make a decision after three days over the life of this person, and that decision is to exalt him as his reward into a position that is completely inaccessible to all of these folks. That's what it means the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. People look at you and say in their heart, maybe what we did was really wrong. That God himself steps in and he does that. Now, if you go to the other side, then judgment comes. Now, somebody can say to me that, well, pastor, you know, I have as a Christian, I have stolen in an office, okay? I have cheated my boss. I have been exploited people in business. I have, what do I do to do that? Now, I'll explain to you what you do to have that, to, to cushion the effect of judgment. What you do is you judge yourself. That's your heart condemns you. Now, you want to get out of it, you judge yourself. You go to God there and you confess that sin unto him in repentance and say, Lord, I have done this. And not only confess that sin, you also confess the cleansing power. All right? You speak the word of God to cleanse you of that. Then you make up your mind from that moment forward that you're going to live your life in justice the way and manner in which you treat people and number two by showing mercy to people that i need all tendencies for oppression you remove everything uh, show this here so what begins to happen is that you start creating on this earth now it's a spiritual principle so much goodwill from people that as Job said, he that was ready to perish, the blessing of him that was ready to perish came upon me. Which means you save people that are even ready to perish. Somebody who was at the brinks of his life, you stepped into the life of that person, you helped them out, either financially or with something, you stepped in and that person from their heart said, God bless this person. God will bless you. So people start making pronouncements out of their lips. Now, those kinds of pronouncements on their lips there, this is spiritual secret, will create a force within your life that will stay the hand of judgment. You can write what I'm saying now. And you perpetually live your life like that. That is what Nebuchadnezzar went to meet Daniel and said, Daniel said, a cry has come. Look, Nebuchadnezzar, you have been oppressive. You have treated people wrong. He said, I saw a massive tree cut down to its roots. Nebuchadnezzar said, so, so, so what can I do? He said, cut down to its roots. So what then do we do here? Nebuchadnezzar said, well, there is something you can do. If you show mercy and to the poor and you deal with righteousness, you will lengthen the days of your tranquility on this earth. Let, let me explain something here. You know, the children of, of Israel, okay, there, there's this folk, folk tale they tell in the Jewish people. And, you know, it's just a folk tale about generosity. And they teach their children within the families 
about generosity and then they use certain scriptures now god had told abraham that he was going to spend that he said will spend 400 years in egypt and then they will come out with great substance but if you count the amount of years they spent 430 years so they ask always why what was the contradiction did god miss something why did they spend 30 years longer many ways you could look at it moses was supposed to do it um, you could look at it but the point that they say and i agree with this not with the story but with the spiritual principle they say that when what happened was when after some 400 years moses went to start a story went to meet god and say god what's going on how come the judgment is not coming you said 400 years god told moses he said listen he said can you see what pharaoh is doing daily the amount of things he does to feed my people to take care of them is so much the cows he kills the fowls he kills just to feed my people he's treating them so right that there is no point of entry for us to execute judgment upon him that the prayers of my people are being answered i answer them through the hands of pharaoh if we remove pharaoh they it will look like i'm unfaithful because pharaoh is the one that is acting as a covering over them so moses said so what then can we do and spoke to here god said if you can provoke pharaoh such that he withdraws his generosity over my people then you have created an opening and judgment can come now that's the story but if you go and read the scripture what actually happened was that the children of israel cried unto god by reason of the bondage they cried unto him in exodus chapter exodus chapter 2 and verse 23 let's just read this here exodus 2 and verse 23 it says it came to pass in process of time that the king of egypt died and children of israel sighed by reason of bondage and they cried and that cry came up unto god by reason of bondage and god heard their groanings and remembered his covenant with abraham isaac and jacob and he looked upon the israel and had respect so it was the cries of the people their groanings that that God couldn't move until people cried and said we are under bondage we are being oppressed here you know and all of this so God you have got to do something about this and God steps in because God acts as a judge now but the point here was what actually happened and what brought about that cry was that the Bible says in you know Joseph had brought his brothers in and giving them choice land and then it says and joseph died his brethren and the children of israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them now there rose up a king over egypt that knew not joseph so he decided to change it and to become oppressive about the children of israel it was that oppression that provoked them to go and pray now had it been that there was no oppression there would have been no prayer and god would just have been waiting so a person that removes himself from oppression helps those are in need acts as a good samaritan crosses the road goes the extra mile to help other people does things out of their way speaks well that person that does that listen 
Even when they make mistakes, the goodwill they have created on the earth forms a cushion over their life and God says it is unjust to bring that man down based on the amount of good he is doing. Period. Alright? So, what happens here to that individual? Somebody has treated you in an unjust way. Now, I've given you some clue as to how to stay under a place where the Bible says mercy will rejoice over judgment. Stay in that place of mercy so that even when you make mistakes, the, the judgment there over you that shall come is stayed because he that is willing to perish is pronouncing things over your life. Somebody that would have died. There are poor women there that are praying for you, that are thanking God and worshipping God. Because, do you get what I'm saying? So how then do you deal with this issue of justice? Now, God is a judge. First Thessalonians here. And chapter 4, verse 5. It says, verse 6, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we have also forewarned you and testified. So God is an avenger of it. James chapter 5. And verse 4. Behold, the hires of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them that reaped have entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. We said that God, you should not defraud in any matter. God is an avenger of such. And then it says here, the hires of the laborers that have reaped down your fields, you have kept by fraud, crieth. And that's the kind of cry that comes up. That's what happened in Egypt. And God, the Lord of Sabbath, comes in and says, what am I going to do about this? All right, so we'll look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. It says, Recompense, verse 17, to no man evil for evil. Now, we've seen in First Peter 3, they talked about the fact no reverence. Evil for evil. Provide things that are honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as it lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. In other words, he says, don't recompense any man evil for evil. Issues of judgment, somebody treated you wrong, they did things. He said, do not recompense anybody evil for evil. I've said many things in this message. Don't recompense evil for evil. Well, they did me evil. He said, take your hands out. Don't try to pay them back. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as it lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if there are an enemy, be hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him to drink. In so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, this is very, very, very important. So, what's God saying to us? He says, do not recompense any man evil for evil. Provide things that are honest in the sight of all men. 
Live peaceably with all men. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Now, so the thought comes to you that when he says vengeance is mine, I will repay. Now, you think to yourself, so God is going to help me punish those people. But that element can be there. But that is not really what he said. Because we have no record of God punishing first the brothers of Joseph, as in going to punish, to make them die. You see, because when we do that, we miss the point and get into hatred. That's why he says, if your enemy be hungry, feed him. Which means if you have an opportunity to help him, help him. Have goodwill in your heart towards them. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.